0: This is the Blaze Radio on Demand. You're listening to The Church Boys Free Fall Q&A. It's Billy Halliwell here with The Church Boys, and I have Carrie Summers here, the president of the Museum of the Bible. How you doing? Doing great. So I am totally impressed because we've been sitting here talking for a bit before we started recording and I've seen some amazing things that you guys are planning and heard some amazing things of what you're planning. Tell me how this idea
1: for the museum took root. Where did this come from? Why? Why are you doing this? The idea was not ours. The idea came from two guys in Dallas who wanted to open a museum in Dallas. They had approached the Green family to see if they could help uh, them buy a building. Uh, it didn't work out, uh, but during that period of time the uh, Hobby Lobby group had started buying Bibles and with the idea they would buy some Bibles and give to this group. And then all of a sudden it became a lot of Bibles and a lot of everything. And uh, then it became very large. And so the Green family had always had a desire to do something on a large scale, dealing with uh, the uh, Bible, and um, they said, why don't let's you know, let's just go ahead and push on with this museum idea ourselves. So that's how it came about.
0: It's just such a wild idea, an amazing idea. We're going to put a Bible museum in the middle of Washington, D.C. where tourists all over the world, all over the country especially, go. I just, and it's amazing, and then you see it coming to fruition and it's sort of like, wow. This is a time, I think, culturally, where a lot of Americans, especially Christians, are sort of feeling like they're in a corner a little bit. They, they're not really sure what's going on culturally. And here you have this giant, what is it, 460, 430,000? 430,
1: 430,000
0: square, square feet. foot museum that yeah. is going to be a centerpiece in the middle of yeah. D.C. for the entire world to see, right. um, You know, educating people about the very book that, that Christians follow.
1: Right. Um, that's amazing. Well, what's amazing to us, if you think about it, This is the most widely distributed book of any books ever. It's the most debated book. It's the most banned book. It's been burnt more than any single literature piece ever. The world has been trying to destroy it. It has has been credited for creating wars. It has been credited for saving lives. Here's the amazing part, that nobody has done a Bible museum yet. And we're quite amazed at that. If you think about it, here's the. There's Shakespeare museums everywhere. There's there's aeronautical museums everywhere. There's museums dealing with pop culture. There's museums. Ripley's, believe
0: it or not. Yeah. Everywhere.
1: There's and name a name an item and there's a museum. But to think about this, the most influential book ever to be written. Forget about whether you consider it God inspired or not. Just the book itself has influenced more lives and more countries and more, more of everything that we know of and there's not a museum dedicated to the Bible of, of a significant astounding. size. astounding. It is, it's quite something. And as we thought about it, we thought, wow. And it wasn't that we just thought about it. We had this amazing sense of urgency to get it done. It wasn't just, hey, let's kick this around a little bit. But let's start, we're only five years old and we formed our, the 501c3 in September of 2010. So really five and a half years old. and museum uh,
0: opens in 2017.
1: 2017, so we will have been a organization for seven years and by then we will have over 20 traveling exhibits that will have gone throughout the country, the world. We will have a Bible curriculum on public school type curriculum in numerous countries by then. We have over 100 Uh, academics at 60 universities engaged now doing research for us. We have uh, one of the largest the largest private collection in the world of ancient manuscripts and and that's by 2017 then we'll have this Bible Museum 430,000 square feet and you know somebody says well it's because of this or that or that and I can I can assure you one, none of us are smart enough to do this. Number two, uh... we don't have we don't have that much money to do that this is all being funded by the world we have catholic involvement, we have protestant involvement, we got jewish involvement jewish foundation involvement, catholic foundations involvement and it's global because this is a world project it happens to be housed in washington but the bible is global so that's what's happening and that's one reason we're able to pull it off, it's because of that I just, I'm, I'm blown away by it. And has there been any
0: moment throughout this process where you've kind of, and I'm sure that maybe there have been many, where you've kind of had that affirmation where it's like, this is something that yeah. God wants us to be doing that we're supposed to be doing. Yeah,
1: that's a, it's a great question. You know, people uh, sort of ask the opposite too. They say, have you ever, I mean, where, where have been those moments during this process where you thought, man, this, this is not, we're, we're in trouble or we're not doing the right thing. If that has never occurred. We, we have a, something I coined, and it's, I hope nobody would ever take this as being sacrilegious. But I wake up every morning, and I thank God, and this is what I thank Him for. Thank you for what cr- the crazy good things you're going to do today with the Museum of the Bible. We're seven days a week because we have offices in Israel. We've got one in Hong Kong. We've got one in Rome. We've got an office and a lab in England. So, you know, emails are 24-7 with us. And every day... Every day of the week since we started this, something miraculously happens that we didn't see coming. And it's, it's just this happens or there's an item that's available or somebody calls and said, I, hey, let me jump in with you guys and here's, here's a check. I mean, even to, even to that part. But just um, inspiration, you know, how people ask, well, how did this all get designed? It's one long bicycle ride after another or... You know we'll be eating lunch and we'll say man that's a great idea let's do that and we then do it
0: I just uh, I mean what I saw today I was totally blown away by and I feel like um I guess one of the questions people might have is, what are they going to see? And I know this is a loaded question, because yeah. from what I saw, they're going to see a lot. But what are some of the things they're going to experience and see inside of the museum?
1: Yeah, I think, well, it's a great question, first of all, because we've done some time studies. And if you went through, and we have five levels of learning on a tablet you get to carry with you. Because otherwise, it will take you nine, eight-hour days to go through this museum, read everything, see all the 54 video vignettes that we have, uh, and there's nobody that I know. We're, we, are gonna, we are working on camping sites in the museum, so people can camp out. But in the meantime... Wait wait,
0: wait, wait, No, no, we're not. I was going to say all that. Well, I worked in
1: a museum and they did yeah. have... Well, we do, did. Have, we, have to, we do have trees and flowers in our yeah, yes. there are That's surprises. Right. So what we're doing in this as an example is when you come in, you're given a tablet. It asks your interest level. It knows a lot about you. Give us your name and so forth so forth. And then how much time do you have? And do you want us to figure out a tour for you based on your interest? And most people will say yes. You know, yeah. So we, we're creating the first two-way navigation system it's never been done on indoor GPS navigation system two-way communication and in indoors very complicated because you've got 20,000 people pushing buttons all at the same time getting signals so we're creating this with three other companies and so when you come in and you say uh, I want to hey my interest is Bible's impact in America okay would you like for yeah you said you, we got I got two hours great and it says okay here let's go. So it takes you on this path and it'll show you exactly where to go because it goes down to one milliliter and you're standing now in front of a case. One of the items that we're, we have here at the NRB that we'll look at in a moment is the Elliott Bible. And that's intriguing. It's first translation and you know, Bible in the US wasn't, was for the Indians. And so, but you're standing there too long and the system says, hey, Billy, if you don't move on, you're not going to finish your tour. So you, say, you know, you, you, gotta, yeah, you gotta move it. You, you say, gotta, oh, Well I'm not finished, and it says, Well download what you want, this level of learning, this level of learning, and it puts it into a folder and you move on, you move on, you move on. And let's say you have two point two children with you with a wife and they're out wandering around. Half of the time in most museums are spent keeping up with the kids. This you you know where they're at based on your your tablet and they know where you're at you can make lunch dinner reservations lunch reservations you can say hey let's add 30 minutes to our tour let's meet at the you know the entrance and okay and they all respond to you so you don't have to go track them down and then by the end of it though you're finished now you turn in your tablet and they'll say oh I see you have uh, several things you would like would you like these emailed to you or printed out and you'll say email usually i don't want to lug it around and uh it instantly emails you all the other information that you've put in this folder that you want to know more about and then when you come back a year later it'll say ah welcome back here's what you did last time oh and by the way you never finished your tour this is where you stopped you want to pick up where you stopped and it keeps that data there is
0: no museum experience there's no experience anywhere that does anything like that That is crazy. What well, a good
1: way. Well, here's the other thing. Most museums, people come and go, they attend, they, they never come back. You know, it's a one time experience. I mean, how many people have been to the Louvre four times? Well, unless you live there, you're probably going to say, No, I've been once. Right. So, what we want to do is we want to try to keep you engaged, knowing that, you know, the likelihood of you coming back may be thin. But we don't want the learning experience to stop. So, because of the algorithms that we're building with this system, that we know your interest level is above the norm in interest in American Bible in America because of the, the, the algorithms that you're showing on how long you stand in front of cases and visit there and so forth. So what we'll do uh, on a weekly basis every two weeks, depends on the subject matter, we will be sending you just information on things that you would have interest in. There's no no sales pitch. There's no nobody selling anybody's names. It's purely, hey, here's here's some things you might have interest in. And by the way, if you have some other areas you would have interest in, let us know, and we'll send it to you. Because on the computer, on your computer home, you will be able to take a virtual tour of this museum from home and see areas, and if you want that information, we'll send it to you. So, our effort is to get you there, because it's magnificent, but then once you're there, is to engage you in a lifetime of learning and not, and not, and not, in, and not bother you, not, not be interruptive into your life.
0: What do you think the cumulative impact of this
1: is going to be on people? I think there, there's three things. Number one, there, there's three major floors. There's the impact of the Bible, the history of the Bible, and the narratives of the Bible. Now we have eight floors, that's just three. But they're sort of our focus floors. Number one, I think people are going to have a grasp a, a much deeper understanding of how we got the Bible, that uh, how, did, how did it survive, how did it get transmitted. you know. Is it correct? Can I rely upon it? And we don't, we don't draw those conclusions for you. All we do is show you the evidence. We let the Bible stand on its own two feet. Number two, I think people are going to be shocked at the impact of the Bible, on how many aspects of life have been impacted by, by the Bible. They'll never guess that many of the, of, of the 10 top grossing films in 2013, eight of them had a biblical text weaved into the storyline. Now, nobody will ever guess that, and you'll have to come to our museum and see which ones those are. I know, I was about to say, you gotta tell me But but you'll be shocked, and I can quote the lines to you that were used in the movies. The third, then, besides the impact, will be the stories of the Bible themselves. Most people do not know the stories. A recent survey was just done, and, and these were these were of people that were uh, mid thirties, and the question was, "What is Sodom and Gomorrah?" And they believed that they were a married couple, and they believed Joan of Arc was Noah's wife. I can't because true, the true, arc. Yeah, it was true. It was uh. a Barnum and Gallup survey, I think American Bible Society did it. So what you end up with is a. Uh, not only a society in America, but a world who is just ignorant of knowledge of the Bible.
0: There's a det- there's a detachment factor in, in culture, and I think people are seeing it. Even if you're not a Christian, you're seeing it. There's yeah. something that's not quite right. Yeah. And um, it's a fascinating prospect to have the opportunity to see where this all originates and what where it's all tied together. Right. And I love that you guys are tackling the history of the Bible, too, because when right. you dive into the history of the Bible, yeah. it's very hard to deny that very early on, the, the b- very books that we know to be the books of the Bible right. were already being circulated as the Bible. Right. Um, the vast majority of it. So it's yeah. uh, I think this is, this is fascinating.
1: Also, I think it's going to be a shocker to a lot of people, the history of the Bible— on how it influenced uh, most of Shakespeare's writings, how it, invu- and it influenced poetry from the first and second century. You know, the, these, these things that we uh, take, we have a tendency to move everything up into a time frame that we can grasp. And when you go back and say, here's things that were being influenced uh, from the time of King David, that were in a verbal circulation at the time, but certainly in a written format soon after, that the bible has been impacting the world since day one and you know when it finally took a shape into a writing form versus an oral tradition then that's when we sort of lock into it but the oral traditions is where we get a lot of our where we where a lot of the bible is written from and uh so the impact of this has been going going on as long as i guess maybe that earth has existed
0: let, let's talk about the curriculum because I'm, I'm really interested in this mm. curriculum. What is the end goal for that and, yeah. and what are the contents of the curriculum? Well,
1: the, the, the first goal was to get it, uh, create a public school curriculum that could be introduced in the United States in grade nine. And there was a, you know, a, a, some things got leaked out as far as the beta and it wasn't, you know, it was just a draft and, you know, it started getting a lot of, uh, you know, Threatening lawsuits, and there was nothing to sue because there was takes nothing a two out. Seconds to happen with some of these groups. <laughs> That's yes. right. So, but but at that same time, uh, we have augmented reality, which is attached to the curriculum, and the augmented reality uh, is a 3D. It's a tablet-based, and you take your book, and it's a combination of a book and the tablet, and it takes images and makes them 3Ds and expands the learning of a child. This was being developed in Tel Aviv. Uh, by a company that we know in a city next to Tel Aviv called Ramagan. The mayor of Ramagan happened to see the, the material laying on the desk of the CEO. He was happening to be visiting one day, read it, took it home, said, I want this for my schools. So last year in Ramagan, uh, we introduced the curriculum in the ninth grade uh, to 2,000 students in Israel. It was such a hit. In fact, the kids voted, and we have a uh, Know, test, uh, surveys, of what do you think the Bible, before you took our version, and what do you think of the Bible now? Our Bible course was voted by 98% of the kids as the number one favorite course to take in Ramadan for last year's school, school year. Which, that's remarkable, that's phenomenal. because the course they're currently taking, which is required, is rated the work is the lowest interest. So this year, starting in uh, October, they have now, are between 5,000 and 6,000 kids are taking it, and next year we're going to be expanding it into other cities throughout uh, Israel uh, with the approval of the Minister of Education. And these are public schools? These are public schools, yes. It's being introduced right now into 40 schools, uh, the January term in the in London area. These are private schools, but still function under uh, government uh, you know, mandates as far as quality of education. And it's being taken as an adjunct to the required religious course that all kids are required to take in the UK. And it apparently has been an enormous hit. So now we're looking to see how much bigger they wanna take it next year. We're testing it in private schools in the United States. And on mi- March the 18th, we will be introducing uh, to the US the, uh, the first uh, home school, curriculum so that, that the parents can have it for their kids at, at their homeschooling, and that will occur in two weeks.
0: What is um, most interesting to me about the education piece is that one of the big critiques, as we all know, I mean, I think any Christian in this country knows that, that there's a lot of, um, I guess, hesitation, fear, worry about what's being taught in public schools, mainly the yeah. lack of what's being yes. taught in public schools. But I think that carries over to private schools as well. It
1: does. We, we had a... Th- you're dead on. I mean, it's frightening. Because we acquire, we just buy textbooks. And a lot of these textbooks we buy are from, that are being used in private Christian schools, okay? And if you want a real shocker, go buy, a, and there are exceptions, but in general, you're gonna buy a textbook that deals with science. And the textbook is gonna be filled with Darwin's theories. And when you ask the school, why would you allow this in? Their answer will be, this is, this is all that's on the market. So if we're gonna teach science, we have to buy this and then, you know, sort of dance around some of these things. And that, but that's what's happening today. So our curriculum is based on the Bible. It is not, it, there's no proselytization in there. We just tell it, here's, here's what it is. We let, let uh, students or adults make up their own mind on what they wanna believe or not believe. Uh, but it's magnificent. The quality is superb. The learning manual that the teachers use is absolutely fantastic. And it's been developed by over a hundred academics globally who have weighed in on the topics. So you have all different perspectives with a hundred academics. So it takes sort of a, packages all that together. And uh, with the augmented reality, uh, which there's 843 of these different augmented realities kids get to play with, uh, it changes the whole the whole concept of what learning can be. Take me into the future five years, a projection of where you want all of this to be, the museum, yeah. uh, all of it. It's a great question. Uh, I think that if you said five years from now, we would say we would like to have a major Bible museum on every continent. We'll exclude Antarctica. <laughs> uh, we would like to have the curriculum global. Uh, we would like to, uh, at least eight to ten traveling exhibits to be constantly on the road. We have three right now today. We'd like to have research being done globally at high-end universities to involve students on a global level that deals with Hebrew and Greek and medieval manuscripts, so kids get excited about uh, wanting to be part of a, a Bible uh, universe in the future as, as an academic, possibly. Uh, we're doing excavation, 10-year excavation in Israel, so we'll be right in the middle of that in five years. Uh, we have a, uh, a sort of a high-end think tank that we'll be announcing shortly about uh, with involving Protestants, Jews, and Catholics. Where will that be based? That's it'll amazing. be in Washington, and it'll be uh, them taking on thorny topics, giving you three <laughs> different perspectives. And so all of that, we have our own publishing arm now, and we hope in five years that uh, the Bible will be the, the center of conversation in the world, which it's not today.
0: Wow, it's it's a bold plan in a world where it feels like again, everyone's in the cor- Christians are in the corner; they're being put, but it, but that's not the reality. I think the reality is, it, yeah, people it's, need to sort of step out. Yeah, and I and think
1: and and and, and, think. and I think it's for such a time as this, where we sense a high sense of urgency globally. We have people telling us the same thing that we sense also, and God's up to something, and uh, for some crazy reason, He's allowed us to be in this and uh, we we're humbled by it uh, and god keeps opening doors for us and we just keep going through them we're not that as i say we're not that smart to do this
0: well i don't know about that you're 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 pretty smart but um but yeah this is amazing and i appreciate you giving me the time you're i cannot wait to come and see you and have you back on to talk more about it
1: love to